Welcome into Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with CPA and Personal Financial Specialist, Phil Putney. Now let's get rolling with today's show. Hey everybody, welcome into Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts. We are into December. We got just a couple more episodes to go before we wrap up this wild and wacky world of 2020. And so this week on the podcast, we're going to talk about some end of year planning tasks that might want to be on your radar. Just a few weeks left. You might not be able to do all of these, but it can also be something to think about for going into 2021. So, uh, you know, besides optimism, we want to take some other things to 2021 with us. So uh, Phil's here with me as always. What's going on, my friend? How are you? I'm doing great. How about you, Mark? Hanging in there. Another day in, uh, what was it? Uh, Curfew Paradise. Oh, there you go. Yeah, we haven't quite reached that yet. They're they're yeah. calling ours a, a pause. A so pause. A okay. pause. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. As of uh, as of now, we've got curfew. So when okay. I get off uh, when I get off of work in my in my studio here, I've got to, I've got to get home a hundred feet up the hill <laughs> before the curfew. Kicks before out. the curfew, because you can't be outside the door. Can't right? be outside, you know, in that range. So I don't know. We'll see how all that plays out. That just started, but. Uh, Hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully this will, you know, we're on the short rows now. We've got tons of vaccines headed out and yep. all those things. But that's not why folks are tuning in. They want to hear us talk about some financial stuff. So let's do that. Absolutely. Let's talk about end of year items, Phil. Obviously, you know, with what you do and you've done this for many years as a CPA uh, and a personal financial specialist, there's a lot of little tax things and various different mm-hmm. things we could be doing at year end. Tax planning versus tax prep is always a good idea. Yep. Uh, all year long. So I got a list of a couple of things. And then of course you chime in with some other ones that, that I may have missed. Uh, but if you can, if folks are still working and they're able to, should we be maxing out retirement contributions uh, as the year winds down or, or even throughout the year? Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's time to consider that, right? Cause you're running out of time that has to be done. If it's through the 401k type of plan. Yeah. Right. That has to be done by the end of the year. Um, that's the 31st handled through or- payroll. Yeah. So I mean, it, because yeah. it's all handled through payroll is the okay. reason it's yeah um, linked to the end of the year. Gotcha. Um, if it's an IRA, Roth IRA, those kind of contributions, you got a little bit of time that can be done till the due date of the returns. So you've got until April. Okay. Um, unless they try to, you know, or have to extend that or whatever. I mean, this year we got a little bit of a reprieve and they, they put it out till, uh, yeah. till July. Definitely ask now. Uh, this is the, uh, this will be airing on the 10th, I believe. So you know, you got to probably maybe two more weeks or so left of the payroll yep. cycle. Something. So time to run through those numbers, see if it makes sense. You know, HSA contributions, same thing. Um, okay. Similar to an IRA, you know, where you've got until that April 15th deadline. So, okay. All right. but it's time to start putting that year in, year in planning hat on and running through the numbers and seeing, okay, are there any, any adjustments, tweaks I need to make? Yeah. Um, probably already been doing some of that. If you're still employed, you know, looking at benefits for next year, you've made those elections. So now you got to put this year to bed and, and make sure you've got everything in line, so to speak, for right. for 2020 before the ball drops. So. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, all right. So I, I mentioned the CARES Act. So yep. obviously that happened for us earlier in the year. Give us a few things mm-hmm. um, worth, you know, having a review with your advisor, bringing it up, having a conversation, saying, "Hey, hopefully you already did if you're not working with Phil." But you know, there's no RMDs, things of that nature. So. Right. Yeah, so there was a few things that, that came through that RMDs are probably one of the bigger ones where um, you did get a reprieve from that this year. Right. Um, so I know in our uh, client base, we um, are always working with them in that last quarter of the year, calculating RMDs and, and getting those out for those that typically aren't are necessarily wanting them or counting on them for income. 
Um, you know, so that's been uh, most of the, our clients um, have decided, you know what, we really don't need it. So let's just wait. Okay. Um, so if that's your case, you didn't uh, want to take the IR or RMD, you don't have to, you can leave it in right. there and, and skip this year, kind of like they did in 2008. So, yeah. so yeah. that's one of the things. Um, the other thing under the CARES Act is there are some provisions that allow you to take distributions from either a retirement plan or from an IRA Correct. Um, yeah. without a penalty. Yeah, you know, so I mean, no 59 and a half penalties. Yeah, no 59 and a half penalties. So, I mean, if you're under 59 and a half, um, could be some opportunity there. I've had a couple of prospective clients come in with, um, you know, that being presented by their advisor of, hey, you need to do this. This is a great opportunity. And when they started talking to him about why, he's like, well, I don't really understand it, but it's a great opportunity. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, let's talk about it. But yeah, yeah. It's, it is an opportunity. Granted, yes, you can do it, but do you need to? You know, yeah. do you really want to do that? So um, bottom line is it t- it's intended for those that had a hardship. Yes. You know, typically IRAs, 401ks, those kind of monies are, are locked up, so to speak, with right. penalties if you take them early. And actually, one of the provisions for this is you have to qualify with certain things, you know, either you've had COVID or, you know, somebody in your family or it's relatively easy because it gets down to, yeah, you know, say, they, they say you know I've somehow been affected financially from it. So you've had right. a reduction of work or been laid off right. or, you know, what the whole list of things. So, yeah, they say a COVID hardship. I don't know if you could just say you couldn't find toilet paper, if that would count. Yeah, that, but, yeah I that, think you're probably pushing it. They didn't specifically define it. They give some right. examples, but it's, you know, I can't the, imagine the, hard though. To, yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the very end, and it's, I think it's one of those provisions that, <clears throat> they're not going to come in and check it. You know, Probably I mean, not, I'm no. sure so many people that are using it that for them to, to try to verify everyone is going to be impossible. So, okay. but right. again, just a provision, understand it, it expires at the end of the year. Not saying you should go do it. I'm just saying if it is something that you were kind of toying with and thinking, you know, I could use some money and this is where it's at and the only other way to get right. it. Especially when stimulus has been held up and we've been waiting and right. some people may have been in that situation where they've really been, uh, holding, you know, holding back, trying to wait to see what was going to happen. And they're like, right. you know what? I just don't know what's going to shake out for the first quarter uh, or even January. Maybe I should go ahead and do it. So it's something worth having a conversation with. If you're not working with an advisor though, and you're just, you know, iffy on the rules, please reach out to Phil, give him a call. Yep, uh, we can have a discussion and kind of run yeah, through before it. Before you so. do anything. Uh, and the number's on the screen if you're watching the video or it's 248 um, it may be too late for this one, Phil, but again, some of this stuff you could really be doing all year long. Uh, right. I'll, I'll let you tell me, but uh, tax loss harvesting, explore some possibilities there. First of all, tell us what it is and then should we be thinking about it? Sure. Yeah, you're getting close. I mean, you still have a few weeks. It kind of depends on your custodian and what their timeline is for processing. Okay. A lot of custodians are, they use like a, a December 15th as a cutoff to say, okay, well, if you don't have the transactions in by that day, then, you know, no guarantee it's going to get processed by the end of the year. Okay. Kind of close. I mean, I mean, yeah, tax loss harvesting really is a concept of um, selling some of your losers um, to offset some of the gains you've had. So, I mean, if you did have some gains throughout the year, you know, otherwise it would be looking at a, right. a potential tax taxable gain. Yeah. Um, you could look at selling some of your losers to offset that. So you don't okay. have a gain, a net gain um, with the intention of either repurchasing them you know, or um, buying something similar. And, and there's some, what they call wash sale rules. Uh, we won't get into all the details, but you can't just sell one stock at a loss, go around and buy it the next day 
right. and then recognize the loss because the IRS says, ah, you really didn't have an economic loss. Yeah. You know, so you have to have a, a period of time where you don't own it um, or don't own that specific stock. So, I mean, if you're, gotcha. you had Ford and you buy GM, that's okay. You know, the same right. industry is okay, but you can't sell that stock and repurchase it the next day and recognize the loss. So that IRS boy, just crafty sometimes, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. They, they sometimes get, uh, you know, get a little bit ahead of us, but then there's always ways around it. Exactly. So. Yeah. And they're, you know, for every step forward is sometimes they take, you know, seven or nine. Back. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's um, why the okay. regulations are so long is yeah. because they got to figure out all these different rules in there. So. And often this is probably something that's being done for you by your advisor, depending on the style of uh, service you're getting or style of management, would that be right. a fair assessment? It, it could be, yeah. Right. And and I guess a little clarification too is the only type of account this really applies in is what we call a non-qualified account or a taxable account. It's it's not a retirement account. Okay. You know, so gains, losses, all that kind of activity in a any kind of a retirement account, um, it has no effect. There okay. is no such thing as a, a capital gain or loss. It doesn't really matter. So. Important tip. Okay. From good. a tax standpoint. Yeah. From right. a tax standpoint. Okay. And of course, folks, you know, you know, Phil is a CPA. So yep. tax standpoint, always in the forethought. Yeah. It's, you always got to look at it from the tax, tax view as beam. well. So. Right. Always yep. rolling around there. Um, all right. So obviously a lot of industries, Phil, took a, you know, a beating you know, mm-hmm. in 2020. Uh, charities uh, certainly did as well. Certain charities yes. did quite well. People wanted to help out with food mm-hmm. drives and things of that nature. But uh, should we be evaluating some tax deductible charitable contributions as the year winds down? That's kind of an annual thing anyway. But yeah, you know, pretty- if you're giving in nature, this may be even a better time to even possibly consider that. Like UCD. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a need out there for a lot of the charities that, yeah. you know, they've have a lot more demand. They're, they're meeting a lot more needs of sure, individuals yeah. right now. Um, but from a tax standpoint, yeah, it, it's again, one of those things that if you're considering a charitable contribution, it has to be done by the end of the year. You don't get any April 15th type of extension, anything okay. like that. Um, but uh, the charitable contribution is, is one of those items that dramatically changed um, with the tax law change where they increased the, uh, the um, standard deduction. Right. So you may not get it if. Yeah. So it, it's it's one of those things you've got to run the numbers to see. Right. Because, okay. you know, married couple today over 65. Both of you, you're looking at about twenty seven thousand a standard deduction. Okay. That's a pretty high hurdle. Yeah. You get over when you look at, you know, typical deductions or your property taxes, some kind of taxes, property, state and local taxes, which that's limited to 10. OK. You know, then you have charitable contributions and mortgage interest. I mean, those are kind of the big three. Gotcha. So, you know, if you're limited to 10 on property taxes, state income taxes, that gives you 17 and the others to get over that hurdle if you're over 65, Mm -hmm. you know, a little bit lower in the 24 range, you know, if you're uh, in total, if you're under 65 or then if you're single, about half that. Okay. Okay. So just to keep in mind, but anyways, it's, yeah, charitable contribution is still something to consider, Um, but understand, you know, where are you in relation to that hurdle and, and does it make sense? From a tax standpoint, I mean, charity, there, there's two sides to it. I mean, yeah, if you want to do it out of the goodness of your heart, just do, do it, it out of the goodness right. of your heart. Don't let the, you know, I, it's one of those adages, don't let the tax tail wag the dog, so to speak. Right. Right. There's, a, there's a benefit to it, right? Absolutely. Sure. But yeah. that shouldn't necessarily be the only reason you're doing it. Right. So, but if you're going to give it, find out if then, it's beneficial to you. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. let's try to, to take advantage of it if we can. So a couple of concepts of that is bunching, so to speak, where- right. 
you know, maybe you're getting close to that, that threshold, so to speak, or hurdle. Mm -hmm. So what happens if you pre-give what you would have given next year, if you have that ability, you know, so bring all that charity, charitable contributions into one year and then next year, don't give to the charity. Now and that oh, okay. makes it difficult on charities because they've got these yeah. big inflows and outflows, True, Yeah, you know, but um, from you, your standpoint, it does help. Um, or I used a, this concept with a lot of clients this year where we're doing um, donor advised funds that allows you almost that same concept, but you're not actually giving it to the charity. The, um, the donor advised fund in, is in and of itself a charity. So you okay. can pre-fund that with a large amount in one year, get above the hurdle, take the deduction. Um, and we use it a lot uh, to help offset Roth conversions. Um, but then once it's in the fund going forward, you then make your contributions from the fund. Now that isn't a deduction to you going forward because you've already taken your deduction up front. So, okay. It sounds a little similar and, and I, I'm correct me if I'm off base, I probably am, but cause I know some people talked about the RMDs, for example, the fact that, you know, we got the reprieve, we didn't have to do them this year. Um, but maybe if you just wanted to, you could actually direct your RMDs right to a charity of your choice. Right. It, it, similar concept to that. I mean, that, that's the, the uh, qualified charitable distribution, they call it. The, okay. Yeah. So the QCD, so that, that is um, number one, you have to be over 72 required to have distributions. Okay. I mean, it has to be on your IRA, so it can't be on a beneficiary IRA for okay. instance. All right. Um, but yeah, that, that's a great avenue that if you're um, planning on giving to charity and you're in that scenario of being over 72 and having those type of accounts, right. especially if you're under that threshold and not getting close to it, then give through your IRA. I mean, it's and you don't have to even see it. You can way. just have it set up and it just, phew. well, that's, that's how it has to happen. It can't that's come it. through you. It has to go from your IRA custodian directly to the charity. Yeah. So that's a nice, so be a nice benefit for folks. And again, in the mm -hmm. right situation. Yep. Yep. So again, there's a lot of planning to do around charity, but see how it fits in your situation from a tax standpoint. Gotcha. So, well, I mean, that's why we call it Phil's tax hacks because there's a lot of little things in there that can obviously, you know, add into all that. Um, again, maybe late for this one. I don't know. Maybe this is something to look at for 2021. Again, you tell me, uh, purchases for tax, uh, you know, tax credit type credits. Things. Yeah. Was that like, uh, solar, that kind of stuff? Yeah. I mean, there's some solar, there's some energy efficiency is usually the big, um, kind of wrapper, so to speak around all of it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you're getting pretty close on that. Cause I mean, it, it technically has to not just be purchased, but placed in service, so to speak, you know, so yeah. Getting a, a solar solar energy system, not only purchased but in service by the end of the year, probably isn't going to probably happen. Probably not happen. Have it okay. in, in motion today. So. Yeah. Okay. So that was probably a little tougher to come by, but it's something to ponder for next year. And a lot of times, those uh, I know, be careful with some of that solar stuff because they often say that your local power company are running rebates and things. They typically yes. are, are gone early, early next yep. year. So uh, it could still be a beneficial conversation for us to be having now at the end of 2020, because it could be something you might want to jump on in January or February. Because I think by March, at least down here, uh, the last time last year I looked at it by March, it was, it was a gone at, and it was all gone as far as the rebates were. Yep. Uh, so that's something to ponder as well. Okay. And then uh, final one really, Phil, is just the Roth conversation, the conversion conversation, mm -hmm. yet again, in a way, it kind of ties back into that first one of maxing out, you know, uh, con uh, accounts and contributions. But mm -hmm. it's not for everybody. But is it worth having the conversation as the year ends up to see about converting uh, and getting some of those, you know, those tax dollars gone? Because again, we talked about it in a couple episodes back. 
We don't think it's going to change anytime soon, but we probably are running out of time with these tax rates. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's something that if you haven't already put a plan together and, and looked at your overall tax picture and have a conversion strategy in place, you need to. Right. Um, the challenge with Roth conversions anymore are they're permanent. It's once the money's moved, it's in the Roth. You can't take it back. We used to have the ability to recharacterize. So we did have a little flexibility where I could say, you know, if, if you think it's right, just go ahead and do it because we have until April 15th to put the money back and kind of figure out exactly what the right number is. Mm-hmm. Not so anymore. Once the money is in that Roth IRA, it's there. You can always take it out. You're not going to sure. pay tax on it because it was already taxed on the way in, but you now have this tax exposure that maybe wasn't the right decision. You yeah. know, So yeah, it is getting late in the year to try to figure it out. I've actually had a couple of clients that were just starting that process this week where we're oh, going to okay. do some quick shuffling and planning and say, okay, well, this is the number. Right. This is how you can, and there are some ways around that rule um, using the the 60 day rollover rules, you know, but it's something you don't want to be playing with each year. So yeah. anyways, it's definitely something worth considering could be an opportunity for this year. There is some ways to, to get it done um, and give you some flexibility um, if you haven't already done it, but it, should be something that is part of your plan overall if you haven't looked at it is that whole concept of, of taxes and managing it going forward right. typically through Roth conversions um, we're that's our, our kind of the, the main piece of our fourth quarter is we're doing a lot of Roth conversion implementation for clients that we've already done the planning for so this is just when do, we're do actually we'll doing see, the conversion you'll think you'll see that continued trend in the first quarter of next year just because of, of presidential change and looming tax conversations. You kind of foresee heavy duty on the conversion conversation next year? Yeah. I mean, it's funny because um, the Roth conversion conversation is, has been a popular conversation to have the last couple of years. Really since the tax laws went in. Yeah. But I mean, it's been something that I've dealt with clients with for years. True. You know? So I mean, it, it isn't, if your advisors bring it up, kind of like I, I talked earlier on, you know, if your advisors bring it up as, Hey, I've got this great new idea for you. You probably need to get a second opinion because they they don't understand it, it sounds like, and, and they're using it as a marketing technique that a wholesaler, so to speak, that's, you know, came to them and said, hey, this right. is a great idea. You can probably get some new clients this way. Try this. Talk about this. Yeah. You know? And I mean, to be fair, I mean, that's one of the things and one of the reasons that, that we have talked about it quite a bit on the podcast and I do other shows and things as well is because it is more in the uh, consumer's uh, mine now yes. uh, than it has been. Obviously, someone like yourself who's been doing this for many, many years is well aware and well versed, and this is this is your territory. But I think the the push once it gets more into the public eye, there's a need to talk about it or bring it up to kind of reinforce that, so they feel, hey, this is something maybe I should spend a little time talking with my advisor about. Yeah, I mean, it's it's something that as I've worked with clients for years, you know, in approaching newer clients on this concept, it's much easier discussion to have because they're more familiar with it. Yeah. You know, they might've already heard that concept or have know somebody that's been doing it. Yeah. You know, versus four or five years ago, people are like, what are you talking about? Why would you ever pay taxes before you had to? You're out of your mind. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, cause right now you could pay them at, you know, 12. That's right. Well, yeah. You, you got whatever, to, versus 35 you know, or whatever it might be. Not to be too cliche, but I mean, taxes are on sale, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, we've got this, you know, lower tax bracket today that based on the laws it's written and that's how we plan is, we know it's going to go back if nothing changes at the end of 25. Right. 
Yeah. And we and had a what conversation. What it really does, about, who knows? <laughs> yeah. And if you want to hear more about that, I think it was just in last week's podcast that we talked yeah. about some of the uh, president-elect's uh, tax proposals, did a little uh, podcast on that from the Tax Foundation. So you could check that out as well. So there you go, folks. That's some end of the year items. Uh, time's getting a little tight. So we probably should have done this one last week and swapped the order, but it is what it is. So uh, reach out, have a conversation with Phil if you need to. Uh, he's here to help you. 248 248- 888-7530. Again, it's on the screen as well. 248-888-7530. Don't forget, you can just go to philstaxhacks.com. That's philstaxhacks.com. And you can find all the information there. You can reach out to Phil and get a hold of him and lots of good stuff. You can subscribe to the podcast and all that stuff. And this is hack number 66. So we'll be back with one more uh, next week and that'll yep, wrap up. Yep, 2024. The the year, so. Yeah. So it'll finally be there. So we'll talk about that next week. I'll let you go for now, my friend. All but- right. Thank you Take so care. much for your time. Anything we missed? Pretty good. No, that's that's a good, you know, number of items. I mean, I, there's a lot of other things to consider, but that's I'm kind sure. of the big ones. So. Okay. All right. Sounds good. And again, some of these might be beneficial for 2021 as well. Talk with your advisor, reach out to Phil, have a conversation. If you're not working with somebody, it's a great resource for you here in the greater Detroit area. So we'll see you next time here on Phil's Tax Hacks. I know they're retirement facts with Phil Putney. Investment advisory services offered through AFS Wealth Management. The content of this program is provided for informational purposes only and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. Investments and or investment strategies involve risk, including the possible loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment strategy will achieve its objectives.